Would you stand to your feet and help me welcome one of our very own covenant partners here at Christ Fellowship Church, Roy George. Come on, my friend. Amen. Praise God. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you guys for that warm welcome. And Pastor Todd, I'm blushing even though you can't see it. Love you guys too. Oh man. So um, first things first, um, you know, we talk about honor and I definitely wanted to make sure I give honor what honor is due. And so uh, to my chancellor, apostle, and to my pastor, Pastor Todd, to the president of Caneo Ministry Training Center, and uh, Dr. Doctor, and my pastor, Pastor Karen, I want to say thank you guys. I want to honor you guys. You really have no clue what you guys mean to me. I came from Florida. God dropped me here. And this was home since the first day I got here about four years ago. And um, until the Lord either comes or he says, since being another assignment or something, this, to me, this is home. And I want to thank you guys. Um, and also to the, I mean, it's like an end time revival here. You know what I mean? I mean, it's awesome. It's great. Um, and one of the few places that are still standing for truth. And it's amazing to be a part. And it, all, and it can't happen with, with also just the fellow believers that's in the room. The people we get to, uh, I get to link arms with every single Sunday night. The people who we get to serve with. The people who we get just, just do life with, you know. So I also want to say that it's an honor to um, serve among um, this family, this body, this tribe. And so, guys, give yourselves a round of applause as well. All right, praise the Lord. So, um, in having a conversation with the Lord about, okay, God, what am I going to talk about tonight? And I said, okay, God, let's talk about something like my testimony, you know, get to know me a little bit more. That's easy, you know, throw some scriptures in there you know, encourage some folks. Um, and then, you know, I was praying about it. And, you know, the conversation that we've been having the last few months wasn't, wasn't about my testimony and different things like that. And he was like, we need to have this conversation with them. So share with them what I've been sharing with you, because there is something that he wants to prepare us for, because there is something that's coming there are things that are brewing, and we need to have, and I would like for you to have that conversation with them so they can be prepared. We can be prepared, and we can have confidence about what's about to happen. So uh, that's pretty much what we're going to have a conversation about. So as I was talking to the Lord, we began to, uh, I said, God, that's a little heavy though, you know? Uh, sometimes you need a little confirmation, and he gave me confirmation. He really did, and it comes from um, Jeremiah Johnson's book, the Warrior Bride, page 18 and 19. I'm actually going to read it for you. It says, A trumpet blast sounded in the dream, and the warrior bride quickly turned and looked toward the east. I heard the sound of galloping horses and rumblings of war world war. Suddenly, a voice from heaven spoke, and the, and the warrior bride listened intently. You must come into my council and receive my words, my strategies, and my battle plans before you enter the war. The end time, the end time bride 
bowed in agreement and said, yes, my Lord. She took her seat at a long wooden table, a beautiful and shining book with the words remembrance carved into it was handed to her. It reminded me of Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Now, I'm going to read the scripture, and then we're going to pray. So if you guys will tell me, I would like for you to see this for yourself. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. When you got it, say amen. If you don't have it, say hold on a minute. All right, Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I will make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we just got finished singing of your faithfulness, of how glorious you are, oh God. And I thank you that your word is filled with examples of how faithful you are. God, just as sure as the sun is going to come up tomorrow and the sun is going to go down, Father God, that is surely your faithfulness towards us. God, and so we want to thank you and we want to praise you. And King Jesus, I know that I have my notes and I know that we've talked and I know that we have an agenda. But let me also say, God, that you can have the room. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. If I preach or I speak or I declare for five minutes and then you come down, Father God, and begin to take over, God, then you are more than welcome to have your way. God, if you want to come down like you did on Mount Sinai, God, and let the fire of God, the voice of God, the thunderings and the lightnings begin to roar God because you want to show yourself strong and mighty on behalf of a people a people who are dedicated to you God so that your name will be lifted up and your name will be great among the nations oh God then do it in this place oh God we give you no barriers God we have no pretenses have your way in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen amen I gotta get some water So, that was encouraging. The Lord said, in a time, it was really interesting, in a time where churches that say that they follow the Lord are letting crazy things happen on their pulpits. You know, they are encouraging men being married to men, women being married to women, and just different things of that nature. Men, women looking like boys and boys trying to be girls, and they're okay with it. They're not standing for truth. In a time where that's happening, 
We're also amongst those groups in the sense of we call ourselves Christians. But, uh, but right here in, uh, uh, in, in Malachi, they were kind of doing the same thing. But then God said, I am listening to the conversations that they're having. And the ones who have a heart for me, they are my kids. And I'm going to look after them. And I'm going to set them apart at the, time, at the appointed time. So even though you might be in a season or even though we might be going in through, uh, uh, even though we might be in a culture that, it's, that you kind of feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't stand up for truth. Maybe, oh, I don't have to be so bold. No, no, no. God is listening to what you're saying. God is looking for those who are going to stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth, and it's going to be his kids. So let me encourage us. Let's continue to stand. When it seems like nobody is listening, when it seems like nobody is patting us on the back, when it seems like we have a little bit of, how do you say, uh, uh, the enemies coming against us or confrontation know that the Lord's got your back he has a book of remembrance and he's going to remember it and he's going to honor you during the appointed time so if you want to call if you want to have a name of a sermon it says come into my council and receive my words my strategies and my battle plans this came to me about four months ago, this scripture. That's how it was confirmation. And I've been like, God, where is this scripture? Where did I hear it? Because I listen to the Bible on cassette, especially when you're driving. And, um, and CD, and I'm like, where is it? And as I'm preparing, it just, it pops up. And the moment that the Holy Spirit, it just came, I just paused. I mean, praying in tongues and just like, God, this is powerful. And so... Um, the Lord wanted to deal with just my words, my strategies, and my, my, my battle plans um, from the Lord's perspective. So he says it's time to, and I feel like that God's kind of put me on this journey. When you're in the waters, you don't say what you think. You say what the Lord tells you to say or you dunk them and then bless them, right? Because they're there to meet with the Lord. My job, our job, when we begin to serve in the water is to host the presence of the Lord, host the people, and just, how do you say, uh, um, bring that union together and kind of get out of the way. So we don't really say too much if the Lord don't say too much. You just pray the word of God, you come into agreement, and they're having an encounter with the Lord. So I feel like the Lord's kind of been having me on this journey where I'm listening to what he has to say, and I'm saying what he's saying. And when that begins to happen, people who have felt a little bit, how do you say, discouraged in their soul. Felt like God's not listening to me. I've been serving him. I've been serving him, but I don't feel that replenishment. I feel like that he's left me. I feel like that he's forsaken me. But when you begin to say what God said that nobody else knows about other than them and their journal and their, and their close people, when you begin to say what God says and they, I don't even know you, how could you possibly say that? Then they begin to know that God, you hear me. God, you know where I am. God, I feel encouraged right now. It's because the because the Lord told you to say it, not because you thought of something really nice. You heard the Lord say it, you say it, and now they feel encouraged. They go down and everything that they came there for, God is going to do it, and God is going to have his way in their life, change, transform a seed that's going to also go on the inside of them that's going to produce a little bit later. And so that's what happens when you begin. So God has kind of taken me on this journey of hearing his voice. And, 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 and he said, he says, Roy... This is what you're going to need in the end time. You're going to need to hear the strategy of the Lord. 
you're going to need to hear what I have to say and then do that. And I might say, don't do that. And you may not quite understand just yet, but I need you to not do that at that point in time. Can I get an amen from somebody? And you might actually do something that doesn't quite make sense to you. But you do it anyway because God's going to accomplish something great through your obedience. And that's what God needs. We don't need to come up with something brand new. When God says it, just obey. Because when you obey, powerful things begin to happen. So we're going to go in Colossians. Or You don't have to turn there. We already know the scripture. But I want to start this, if you will, with we live in a dual reality. We live in a dual reality. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. The Son is the image of the invisible God. Emphasis on the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him for him. So we have two realities that we are dealing with at the same time. And at any given moment, you have a decision to make with any circumstances that may, be, that may happen or anything that may come. Are you going to respond from one reality or are you going to respond from the other one? And we're going to dive into this just a little bit. So you exist in two realities at the same time. One reality is subordinate to the other one. But here's the dilemma. We're used to the insubordinate reality. We're born into a world where people say really mean things to us, right? Your parents may have said you're not worth anything. You're never going to amount to anything. They may have been abusive and different things like that. And it sticks with us. And we, we are limited to our senses. We are limited to being able to see, taste, to feel, and to have experiences in this reality. And when that begins to happen, it begins to form a belief system. And so our predominant reality is this one. Let's go ahead and name them. It's the spirit realm. It's the spirit reality, spirit realm. And it's the natural realm. Okay? And so... Before we start diving a little bit deeper into this concept, let's give a little bit of a visual. So we have a video that we're going to look at. Let me go ahead and set this up for you. So in this video, we're going to look at a small clip, about 30 seconds-ish. And there is a reality that is influencing the natural reality. And the reality was called the supernatural reality, just for happen's sake. Um, is on a mission to get individuals in this in the, in the natural reality and have them experience what this supernatural reality is all about. And so the what you're going to see is the introduction of a person who is now getting a glimpse of this supernatural reality. Let's go ahead and see the video. It's running out. Newton, 
mine. What's not yours? The pen. I've never... What if there was a place? Dad, I just need you to look at this. Does it look weird? A secret place. Where nothing was impossible. You're not saying this? Casey, stop it! That's it right there. How many times do we have a word from the Lord or how many times does God give us a glimpse and we begin to say, hey, did you experience that? And somebody looks at me, oh, man, you're just crazy. I'm not going to go ahead of myself. I'm going to stay right there. And you're just like, you, you, you didn't experience that? Now, here's the crazy part about it. You're in church. And something is beginning to happen. Things are beginning to move. And somebody as stiff as can possibly be. And you're like, do you not see what's happening in this moment? You have a miracle that's literally taking place before your eyes in the water. And then you have people that are screaming and shouting and hallelujah. Because they know that if that miracle is for them, then God is no favor of persons. If he did it for them, then he can also do it for you. And you're like, do you not see that? I mean, like, when you begin to celebrate what God is doing in somebody else's life, it helps you begin to realize, wait a minute, God can also do that for me. It's a beautiful thing. I love when Pastor Todd is on the stage and takes a moment and was like, okay, we just showed a clip. We're going to show it again. But this time, let's go ahead and get everybody to, be, to celebrate and clap and give God praise because that's what we have to do is we have to focus on the things Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We have to focus on the things that we ooh, focus on the things that we want and not focus on the things that are disappointing us. That we're not getting. We have to remind ourselves. So. Let me tap into this. I want to challenge us. And this is the challenge that me and the Lord have. Things originate in the spirit realm. And then they manifest into the natural realm. We must learn to recognize when things are happening in the spirit realm, what does it look like when it manifests in the natural realm? In the kingdom of God, there's no sickness. So when somebody gets inside the water and they're sick, and then all of a sudden they begin to say, wait, I feel no pain. That is exactly what happens when something is happening in the spirit realm and it begins to manifest in the natural realm. We can begin to see it and we can begin to identify it and say, wait a minute, I know exactly what that is. That's the kingdom of God coming into the natural realm. And the reason why it's so important to acknowledge it, because if you don't acknowledge it, then it can just fly right by you as if nothing happened. Oh, that person didn't get healed because they came in the water. They got healed because they went to their doctor. Even though, okay, wait, let's, let's put a disclaimer. We love doctors. And thank God for doctors. You know, God is city of hope. I don't know. City of Hope. There's a, there's a doctor place in City of Hope 
City of Hope was founded by um, Alexander Dowie. And uh, there's a doctor. It's incredible, amazing. So we love doctors, nothing against them. But when the doctor said there's nothing that we can do for you and that you only have X amount of time to live and different things like that, but then they come and get in the water and then they're like, oh, I'm healed. And then they, then they can see that they're healed. Like, oh, no, you're just in remission. No, I'm not in remission. That was a miracle from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's the supernatural coming into the natural realm. Okay. So let's go to, um, and, and, and just in case anybody might need a little bit of help to understand what a supernatural thing, something spoken in the supernatural, and then it's caught by somebody in the natural, and then it begins to manifest. If you need a little bit of help, I'm going to tell you, you're right in the middle of one. Pastor Todd, Apostle Todd, got a word from the, from, the, from, the, from the spirit realm from the Father, and he got a vision. And the vision said that he's going to fit, that, that the water's going to be there and that there's going to be fire on the water and he's going to baptize people. We're literally walking, living, breathing, praying, experiencing a supernatural move of God. Sometimes it don't feel like it because it's a little bit of work. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it is. You got to recognize it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. We're going to hang out there. I love going to the beginning. As you're turning there, I do have to explain one thing. God only says things once. Or let me rephrase that. God only has to say things one time in order for it to continue to happen and happen and happen and happen. So here, in, the, in our Western culture, in, uh, uh, in, our, in our culture where we live, you know how kids are, you be like, go put that up. And then they don't do it. And then you're like, go put that up. And then they don't do it. And then you need to say it again and again. And, and then finally, you're like, if you don't go put that up, your blessed assurance is going to get a little bit hot. <laughs> so it takes about three or four times, right? And you're like, oh, God loves you. Or, or your head looks good, you know? But then like, you got to tell them like five or six times for the, the revelation to kind of hit them. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. You know, your husband tell you you look good. Your hair look good. You know, and then like somebody else be like, oh, you're good. Look, your hair looks good. You're like, oh, thank you. Like, I just told you that five minutes ago. Like, that's not my wife. I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> but, but with that being said, God only has to say it once. So when God set up creation, the bigger light was the sun, the smaller light was the stars. I just have a question. Tonight when you go outside, are you going to see stars? Tomorrow when you get up, are you going to see the sun? He only said it once. And it's been happening and happening and happening and happening all over again. You can choose not to believe if you don't want to. You can act like there is no God, but you're living in what he cre already created. Okay, so we had to get that out of the way. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We don't have to preach on that because we already know what that's about. 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said at one time. Let's talk about this word dominion for just a moment. Let's talk about this word dominion for just a moment. We have to understand that God said it. We saved or unsaved, we are all still made in the image or in the likeness of God, whether you like it or not. This is your identity. And when we are told things that discourage us, like we're a failure or that you're never going to be any good or that life would be better if you were not here, things like that. That's not who you are because that's not what God said. And God is the one who created you and he created you in his image. He says you're wonderfully and you're beautifully made. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Okay. That's who you are. And that's who you that's what you have to choose to believe. Are you going to believe something in the natural realm or are you going to believe something in the spirit realm? God said it from the spirit realm, now manifested in the natural realm. Okay. Let's keep going. So let's talk about this word dominion for just a moment. Uh in Hebrew is rada. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm getting it. So rada, right? Dominion. It means to tread down, to subjugate. Subjugate in our definition means to bring under complete control or or subjection, conquer or master. Dominion also means to rule, to prevaileth, to reign, to be a ruler. Are you hearing that? Those words describe everybody in this room. What's going to subdue? To conquer, to bring into subjection, to keep under and to force. So God made you in his image and you were made to have dominion and to subdue. You've been made to be a ruler. So if the Lord calls you and says, hey, I need you to be the next senator. But oh God, that's not me. That's a lie from the devil. I made you in my image. That means you were made to rule and that means you were made to subdue. Okay, so so we did dominion and subdue. Now, let's read it over, but let's replace those words appropriately. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have... The ability to tread down, to subjugate. Let them have the ability to rule, to prevail, to reign and be a ruler over. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Come on, Jesus. Okay. Listen. This is your identity. So let's keep going. 
We're going to skip down to verse 28 for the sake of time. Then Jesus blessed them. That's for another day, another time. But read Psalms chapter 1, the whole chapter. It literally defines what the word blessed means biblically. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it to have dominion over it, to conquer, to bring into subjection, to keep under, and to force over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. That was what God has spoken to mankind when he created us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is who we really are. It doesn't matter what your mother said about you. And I understand that those are deep wounds, and I get it. It doesn't matter what your coats said about you. It doesn't matter if somebody said something in anger to you and hurts you. And those things are very, very, very real. But if I can encourage you tonight to not just look at the things in the natural, but to begin to look at the things of the supernatural and begin to understand that God did not change his mind when he made you. You are still made in his likeness and you're still made in his image. Okay. Now, one might say, well, wait a minute. That was the fall. We sinned. We fell from glory. And this is true. We did sin. But I want to point something out. God never changed his mind. So let's go back through it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. He says to the woman after they fell, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. I have one question. Did he say that you're not going to be fruitful and multiply? He said, when you are multiplying, you're just going to be in a whole lot of pain. But he did not say that you are not going to be fruitful and multiply. So let's go to the man. Let's go to the man. Verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Then Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it. And in all your days, of, all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth to you and you shall eat herbs of the field. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are and the dust you shall return. So I still have one question. Did he revoke your ability to multiply and be fruitful? Somebody ask him one time. Did he, did, he, did he take that away when the curses came? Okay, so this is where it gets really good. How many people in this room have kids? I do. Okay. How many people in this place have a job? They produce income. Some people may have been farmers, and they're producing crops. It might be hard work, but you're still producing. God said it then, and we're still doing it now. 
So how many of you can agree just because we fell and just because we, how do you say, uh, there was a curse that came upon us, we have to understand, have under, and all you're getting, get understanding, that does not mean that you are not going to be fruitful and that doesn't mean that you're not going to multiply. So I am going to go here. If you are barren or you want children, then I'm going to tell you one thing. Keep believing God that you're going to have children because he said that you are going to be fruitful and you will multiply. Okay. Now. This is why it's important that God says that we made in his likeness, likeness. And he says, I need you to be holy as I am holy. The reason why is because if, if he's giving you dominion and you're exercising your dominion outside of holiness, then that's when we could become into the mess that we have in the 21st century. It's men and women taking the dominion that they have, using their own knowledge, using their own understanding, doing things that they want to do. Let me give you a biblical example. Cain killed Abel. He took his dominion and used it incorrectly over somebody else. So God never changed his mind about your ability to be, have dominion and to subdue. Never changed his mind. So what I want to encourage you with today is that if you are in the workplace, whether you work in the government, whether you work as a teacher, whether you work in the marketplace, whether you work in the media, whether you work, doesn't matter where you work, understand that you still have the ability to have dominion and subdue. And because we are people that love righteousness and love holiness. I want you to understand if there's one person that's trying to subdue and is trying to have dominion, okay, I get it. They're made in the image of God. But then you have another one who's trying to subdue and trying to have dominion, but they're doing it in righteousness. Who do you think God is backing up? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, which means if he's trying to do his thing and I'm trying to do my thing and I'm serving God, God says, I got your back. And the reason why is because the name of the Lord must be lifted high so that all people can be saved and have a relationship with Jesus. God don't want us to go to hell. God don't want us to not live without him. He doesn't want to be separated from us for eternity. He wants to have communion with us. Okay, so I'm just, so let's take it to the New Testament. You say, Roy, you're preaching on the Old Testament. We're going to have dominion. Quick example of dominion is Joseph, excuse me, Joshua. If we go to Joshua chapter 12, it tells you king after king after king after king after king after king that he slaughtered. Because the Lord said, I'm going to give you this land. It was a word from the Lord, and he had, but he had to take his rightful place and understand that he can have dominion and be fruitful and multiply. So um, that's a quick example. Now let's take it to the uh, New Testament really quick. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This is not just Old Testament. This is New Testament too. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, and he has made us kings and priests. You see the rulership? You see the rulership there? And it says, to him, to his God and Father, to be the glory and dominion forever, meaning God had dominion, and he told us that we're going to have dominion. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And it says, and they sang a new song. I want you to understand who sang a new song. It was the redeemed. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people nation. Verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. That's in Revelation. God never changed his mind. So it might look a little bit different in the 21st century. So the mandate in the 21st century is, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And we're also going to go to Mark. That's going to be Luke 10, 19. And we're also going to go to Luke chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, and we're going to close with this. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So in the Old Testament, he said he's going to give dominion, and they did it one way. In the New Testament, you're still going to have dominion, but it's going to be a different way. And based on everything that I just read, I don't know about you, but it sounds like everybody in this room. So I want to encourage you today is that do not forget that your identity is who the Lord says you are. If you can just grab on and remember to just look back in the spirit and says, I'm not what you just said I am. I am who God says I am. I am his kid. I am his child. And I can do what he said I can do and I can have what he said I can have. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to share. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we just thank you for just an incredible night tonight, God, where your word has just come alive to us, oh God. And God, I pray that there was an impartation made, Father God, the shiftings of the mind, Father God, healing of their soul, understanding that, God, you speak life, Father. You never changed your mind about who we are and the dominion that we should have, oh God. We thank you, God, that we have been empowered to go back to where we came from, Father, but this time take the dominion and take, and take the ability to subdue with us and do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, that we are here, God, to make your name great and to make your name the fame of of your name go across the world. God, I thank you, and I want to just go ahead and speak this also. For those of you who have spiritual gifts, who see things, who, who, who have dreams, I want to encourage you, write down your dreams. When you have a word, write down your word. Share it with somebody, uh, 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 because 
The Lord is stirring up gifts and those gifts that you have is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God is speaking to you because he wants to shift something in the natural realm. So begin to try and hear the voice of the Lord. And if you don't know quite know how to hear the voice of the Lord, I don't mean to make the plug, but Kanayo teaches you the communion with God, learning to hear the voice of the Lord. And we need it in this hour and this day because he said, before you go out to war, listen to my voice, get my plans, get my battle strategy. We need your voice. We need your gifts. We need you. You are important. It is not better. Life is not better without you. We need you. So God, bless your people tonight, oh God. Continue to give them dreams. Continue to stir their spirits, oh God. Continue to edify them and encourage them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Roy. Let's stand to our feet tonight. My goodness, what a word. What a word. How many of you have been blessed? Just be, I'm telling you, I learned. I got stirred up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We need to hear some more of that. I like it. Yes. Hey, um, let me remind you guys, as Roy did, that Caneo registration is still open. And, and, uh, and I want those of you that have been thinking about it, about saying, should I or should I not? Um, it's already been decided. The Lord has already spoken. You should. All right. Um, let me just tell you, next Wednesday night, we're going to be out in the parking lot one more time. It'll be the last Wednesday night of the summer that we do that. As you know, they're uh, redoing our, our lights and also our sound system, and we're getting all new things. They're working and been a, almost a, it'll be a month project of installation, so it will be coming to a, the head um, and all be installed the week of the uh, uh, fifth through the eleventh all right not the fifth through the eleventh but whatever that is this mid-august um seventh through the twelfth okay praise god and then guys um the 16th gavin is going to be preaching and then the 23rd alec jones on the wednesday night and our friend and dearly beloved mateo will be preaching on august the 30th August sermon jam from some of these incredible men and uh, praise the Lord for that. All right. Lord bless your people. Thank you for an incredible night. Keep them safe and prosper them emotionally, physically, financially, but most importantly, spiritually, Lord. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. See you Saturday night, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Jack, Jake Kale's with us. Don't forget that.